Today on the Evangelist podcast, we're talking to Graham Miller, the CEO of London City Mission, on the changing face of evangelism today. The Evangelist podcast from Revival. Find out what's new in telling people the good news about God, the world and you with Andy Brinkley and Glenn Scrivener. Welcome back to the Evangelist podcast. This is the show where we encourage you in your witness to your friends, your family and even complete strangers. If you like listening each week, we'd really appreciate a rating and review. It helps us get seen by more people. Just go to revivalmedia.org slash iTunes or revivalmedia.org slash Stitcher and that should take you directly to the podcast page where you can leave us a review and rating. We'd be very happy if you did. Now, Glenn, we've got uh, Graham Miller on today. Yeah, I first met uh, Graham online uh, on Twitter, and uh, so uh, it got me thinking about uh, speaking to him about online witness, and then uh, when he uh, said yes, he'd love to talk about online witness, I thought, well, let's talk about uh, his work at London City Mission, uh, because that's a terrific organisation with a proud history, and uh, they... They're on the cold face. They're they're talking to people day by day, and uh, seeing folks come to Christ. So it'd be great to talk to him about, uh, yeah, uh, the evangelistic challenges and and some of the blessings that that they're seeing. So Graham, great to have you with us on the show. Um, you are the CEO of London City Mission. Can you just give us a brief history of the organisation? Yeah, thanks. Nice to speak to you, Glenn. Um, London City Mission. Uh, was kicked off about 180 years ago during the Industrial Revolution to reach out to the masses that were flooding into London at the time. What was what was happening is that people were coming in from the from the countryside to work in the factories, and the parish system was breaking down. They couldn't cope with the numbers, mm. um, and so churches uh, uh, churches were kind of sticking to their knitting. You had the Anglicans uh, dealing with the middle classes in their uh, in the cathedral churches in the centre of town, hmm. uh, there the were newly formed dissenting groups who were planting churches right next door to them to try and compete. No one was really getting out to the masses. So a, a young fellow called David Naismith, he was a missionary, he returned back from overseas, and he had the bright idea of going out to the masses, knocking on their doors, and saying, well, you know, get along to church and go to the nearest nearest one that we can find. We don't care if it's a, a Baptist or a, an Anglican, just get along there. Here's the good news of Jesus. And uh, that that's how it started. And in fact, very, to quite a large extent, that's still exactly what we're, we're doing today. We're reaching out to the masses in London. Fantastic. So that whole sort of 19th century missionary movement, kind of applying it to the, the, the home, t- home team, applying it to London itself. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So what, what kind of areas do you focus on today? Well, we're we're still we're still trying to reach out to the ninety percent of people who just never go to church. You know, if you go along to a New Word Alive conference, the look at the the audience there it will mostly be twenty to forty five white people who've been to university, mm. and then there's a, there's a whole mass of people who are who are rather underreached or or even unreached by the church. Mm. And they're the people that we that we're bothered about. So. People who aren't 20 to 45, we, we, we have teams of people who, who work with the elderly. We're, we're bothered about the, the very young. We're bothered about the, the foreigners, uh, the people, the working classes who, who haven't been to university. London is jam-packed full of all kinds of people. Very few of them are going to church. 
and uh, we want to get the good news of Jesus Christ to all of them. Hmm. Hi, Graham. Uh, I wonder if you could perhaps uh, outline for us the main areas uh, that your work focuses on today. I mean, you've you've mentioned sort of uh, getting people to church and things. What are the main things that you broadly focus on today? Yes, we will have an ethnic ministries team who will go out and have conversations with perhaps specific groups, maybe uh, Bangladeshis or Somalis or the South Asian community, and we'll have evangelists reach out to those areas. We'll knock on doors. We'll have book tables in the in the town centre. We've got a couple of dozen uh, community centres dotted around London. Uh, we'll be running kids clubs, youth clubs, and we'll share the good news with people. Um, and yeah, and at, we still see as the end of it is getting people to faith in Jesus and getting them stuck into a local church. So yeah, we have... <laughs> We have lots of different ways of meeting people. We go out where people really are. So uh, to the homeless people, we'll, we've got a homeless shelter. We have chaplains who uh, go into Brixton Prison or Holloway Prison. We have people going into old folks' homes. What we really want to do is encourage the churches to get stuck into this hmm. this work. And so is this mainly a sort of a volunteer army? Uh, most people paid, unpaid, and, and, and how many sort of workers do you have for you? We will have about 100 full-time ministry people across London, uh, supplemented by maybe 170 volunteers. Wow. Uh, so it's a significant effort that we're, that we're doing. Mm. Of course, what I, in fact, to reach out to the, seven million people who never get to church we could really do with a hundred thousand not mm. not just a hundred mm. but uh and those, those resources are there they're sitting in the pews of the churches across london and that mm. that's what we we want to do we want to equip those people to be able to do what we do wonderful yeah i, I see on your on your website you've got a mission statement that says uh, london city mission exists to share with the people of london I love these adjectives, patiently, sensitively, and individually, the transforming yes. love of God in Jesus Christ. Um, how, how do you, in particular, seek to be patient and sensitive and individual? Well, in terms of being patient, what, what that means is we're not necessarily looking for the quick win. We will send our missionaries into an area. So we'll, we'll send the man, David Bauer, he's gone down to Forest Gate. He's there for decades decades and decades. He knows all of the shopkeepers. He runs a kids club for the school kids. Uh, he's seen people grow up. He run, there's youth clubs, there's mums and tops. Uh, he knocks on all of the doors. And so he knows where the old grannies live who can't get out of their house. And uh, he's, pa- he's patient about it. He, uh, he's sensitive, as in culturally sensitive. Um, so there's di- different approaches needed for different people groups. The, um, the using a, a kind of hard-hitting anti-materialist view with the Buddhists won't be so effective because they'll think, "Oh, that's great! You're just yeah. uh, you're just like me, aren't you?" Uh, sure. The same thing. Uh, actually, using relationship evangelism with a with a 20-year-old Muslim lad will be less effective. He will want. He's got specific questions about the validity of the Bible that need hmm. uh, hitting off. But we we try to leave the door open with people, so we're sensitive with them. But finally, in, individually, we we think that you can't really have a one size fits all evangelism. 
you can have one size fits most white middle class people, um, but in in fact, you probably need something else to reach the Bangladeshis and something else to reach the eighty thousand Somalis, something else for the six hundred thousand Indians, and and yet yet another thing uh, on the council estates. And so actually trying to think what. How do I get the gospel message of Jesus Christ died and risen again uh, communicated effectively to this person? We we do it not as a one-size-fits-all, but individually. Graham, do you find there is a balance you have to make between, say, serving someone's needs and telling them the gospel? Well, I you see, I think as a Christian, what I need to be is 100% Christian, hmm. um, which means I'm going to be uh, loving, caring, I'm going to tell people about uh, Jesus. I think we can draw a, a false dichotomy between the two. So we, we get out and we love people, and we'd encourage all kinds of churches to do this. You know, the old lady who's across the road, on the day it's blowing a gale, you go and knock on her door and say, can I help do some shopping today? Just because we're a loving person. There's not, mm. I'm not thinking, oh, well, I'm doing this hoping that you know, she'll slip up and let me tell her the gospel. Yeah. I just love that. So it's, At the same time, I want to I want to share the good news with people. Sure. So it's not so much of a of a balance as a holistic approach to it. That's right. London City Mission. We don't talk about uh, things like incarnational mission. What we're talking about is just getting on and being uh, <laughs> Christian. Yeah, I love that. Just... And we don't hide our our faith under a bushel. Uh, there's a lot of organisations now that are giving all the food out to people, but they think, oh, we don't want to make rice rice bowl Christians, so we hide the fact that we're Christians. Mm. I think that's a, that's a pity. I, I feel like the church should be reaching out into the community, uh, doing all kinds of good stuff, and saying, yeah, well, we're we're Christians. This is just what we this is just what we do. We give people unconditional love, and we share the good news of Jesus with people i don't want to hide the fact i'm a christian when i do it yeah i love that just just be christian just be christian yeah <laughs> love them and share the gospel because that's that's what it is to be christian brilliant um so i mean how does how does church fit into you know your mission you know why, why not just plant a hundred new churches in london why yeah. have lcm the thing is there are some specific needs of london it takes some specialist uh, manpower. Mm. The average church planter will find it hard to think, how on earth do I reach these Bangladeshis in my my community? Because they haven't got anyone on their staff and a Bangladeshi on this. But at the same time, the ministry needs to go on within the church. Mm. God's great plan is to create the multicolored church that, you know, when it says manifold wisdom, it's the multicolored wisdom of God is displayed within the church, and that's what creation's moving towards. So we're, we're very supportive of local churches, but we want to bring some specialist manpower to that. So we, we can provide training for moms who meet a lot of South Asian mums at the school gate. We can provide training how to share the gospel with a Bangladeshi or an Indian. Uh, we can get on and do kind of pioneering work. If you think of the church, the army, and we'd be the SAS going in first, <laughs> getting into the council estate, leading the way. So we've opened the way into prisons, and then we can say, now, can we get a bunch of volunteers, please, from local churches? Because prison warden at Brixton 
uh, is desperate to get more people in to do things like Christianity, Christians Against Poverty courses. And then we have we have resources dotted across London. We have uh, a couple of dozen centres who will provide evangelists who will knock all the doors and get people along. We have evangelists who know all the neighbours because they've worked there. Graeme, you must have some really uh, encouraging stories from your time at uh, LCM. Have you seen people come to Christ? Uh, there are... There are many, many people coming to Christ across London. Praise the Lord uh, with London City Mission missionaries. Uh, I've, in fact, I've just got back from China, where I was with Crosslinks hmm. for the last decade, and uh, I've only been here a month. But I can just a couple of things then that I've been excited about being here. I I went down to our homeless shelter in Waterloo. It's uh, called the Weber Street Centre. A couple of weeks ago, hmm. I sat down on the table, a uh, couple of Romanian men and someone else from um, uh, from East Africa. Now, one of the Romanian men already had the Bible open and was trying to read it with, with his friend. And uh, I used Google Translate and I discovered, in fact, he was already a Christian. He had been uh, converted when his father died two years ago. And he was using our shelter as a place to try and convert other Romanians <laughs> who were who are now homeless on the street. Wow! Uh, you know, he, he's pretty poor himself because uh, he hasn't got a social security number yet. Uh, so he's working cash in hand. But he he's coming into our centres and reaching out with the good news. And uh, we sang Amazing Grace. Or we always have a gospel talk in the morning with breakfast, and afterwards we sang Amazing Grace. I I got it up on the on my phone in Romanian, we sung it together in Romanian. It was, I just thought, praise the Lord, what wow. an amazing place. The fact that here in London, you know, we have so many, we have so many people. We have, we have, like, you want to go into Mogadishu, you'll be martyred within a week. Mm. But we have 80,000 Somalis here, 230,000 Bangladeshis. We have people from all over the place. Another one, uh, Forest Gate, where we have a mission hut sandwiched in between a mosque and uh, and a Sikh temple. Now the the missionary there had been there for decades. He gets knocked back all the time when he's knocking on doors, mm. saying, "This is a Muslim area. You should uh, you should get out, mate." Mm. But in fact, he has he has dozens of people coming along. People whose lives have been transformed by the good news of Jesus. Mm. Uh, they have a fellowship group, fellowship group at the weekend where he's getting forty or fifty people there. And I think this is. This is great. It's a multicolored church of of Jesus. It's a, it's a kind of all kinds of people there: black, uh, white, Asian, rich, poor. Uh, how exciting to be part of that! Oh, hugely, Graham. Have you have you noticed a sort of a spiritual change at all in in Londoners in the the fruitfulness of gospel work? I know you were last here in sort of two thousand and four, uh, and you were in in China. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I've been in China the last nine years, and it, it's interesting because it gives you a chance to see the change. And uh, I do think Londoners have hardened their hearts to the gospel. Uh, people in China are actually much more open to hearing the good news of, of Jesus. Uh, people like Richard Dawkins have been doing their work, and there, there was a, a report from the Secular Society just last week criticizing the work that Christians do, helping out. Uh, with school assemblies and uh, kids clubs for uh, uh, for schools, well, you know what what I would say to that is that people like London City Mission 
we've we've been working with London schools for 180 years. We mm. we set up the first schools in the East End. We we had schools for 36,000 kids. We called them the ragged schools up until 1870 when when they were nationalised by the government. And we've continued to pour resources into local schools, reaching out, uh, running assemblies, running after-school clubs. Uh, I, I'd like to challenge someone like Richard Dawkins to uh, to just compare the record. Yes. Look, look what Christians have, have done in schools, in hospitals, in prisons. Mm. Uh, and let's have a look at what his atheist organization has done. Yes. And, you know, the... the the proof of the pudding's in the eating. The fruit is there to see. We've we've yes. been there loving people. Um, now, what, in terms of what the difficulties are, I mm. a couple of the worries. I I'm actually less worried about the the persecution than the secular stuff from Richard Dawkins. Certainly amongst the housing estates, no no one's bothered about what Richard Dawkins says. They're more bothered about what's on EastEnders or um, yes mm. or Downton Abbey. Yes, but. Uh, uh, what I do see is that churches, compared to China, we leave things up to the paid staff. So mm. There's a kind of clericalism. It's like, oh, well, he's paid to do it. Mm. I'm so busy. Um, and then the other thing is we're not very good at reaching on, out beyond our comfort zone. We've, we've got this thing saying, oh, you know, everything should be about relationship evangelism. So I'll reach out to people just like myself. Huh. Um, the problem is that the church at the moment is is either white middle class or black Pentecostal. Mm. So other people aren't being reached. If you know, if Paul had that attitude, would be uh, would have been stuffed. We would have just mm. been a sect of Judaism by by now. Yeah. So so very much that split between the uh, a professionalized kind of clergy and 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 your regular Christian. Um, do, do you do you see a way of kind of equipping Christians? How how can we better um, see a holistic mission that's taken up by everyone in, in, in the church? Well, one thing is we need to challenge our idols, really, hmm. and, uh, and just get a lot more godly. So uh, someone my age with kids, I need to challenge myself. How many, how many after-school clubs am, am I signing up for my kids for because I want the very best for them? Hmm. So I, I've got them signed up for violin, piano, ballet, uh, tap dancing, and I, I've become just a taxi driver taking my kids from mm. one place to the other. I've got no time to get to know my neighbours, no time to go and call on the old lady who's stuck in her home alone across the road. Uh, and a, a different set, but a similar set for younger people. We've, we've got to be careful that we don't get swept away with the tide and actually put time aside just to meet people and share life with them and be ready to share our testimony and then be ready to share the good news of of Jesus. So it's a it's a challenge of being godly. I I would have thought most people could have a go at saying something about Christianity if they just had had the time. There's only a very short step from a meaningful conversation about anything about divorce, about depression, mm. to actually being able to say, 
and this is what happened to me, mm. and let me tell you about Jesus. Mm. Uh, we need time for those meaningful conversations. Mm. How do you how do you see that playing out in terms of church life as well? Because it's it's not just running around after our kids. It, it yeah. could also be um, church meeting after church meeting. I know, I know as an evangelist, I'm I'm sort of forever being invited to churches to speak um, to the church, and the, and and church members are to. Uh, bring their non-Christian friends, and of course, yep. you know, uh, quite quite often there aren't that many non-Christians friends there. And and then when the question comes, um, you know, do you make time for uh, making these friends? And 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 quite often people are sort of so so taken up with church activities. Yeah, is, is there a problem there? Do you think? I think I think there can be a problem in China. What I noticed was the church leader was massively overworked and was just the cheerleader for all the evangelism that was going on amongst all the rest of the congregation. Mm. No one was expecting him to bring everyone along. Mm. Everyone was having to get out and do it by themselves, and it was a very outward-looking church. What I've come back to is, you know, we'll often have a church, there'll be eight teenagers, and we'll have a special youth minister. He's paid... By the time he's got his salary in housing, it's 50 grand a year to look after these eight kids. It's, it's yeah. actually a pretty expensive thing. What about the, yeah. the 8,000 kids on the roads along the way? Can we be thinking, you know, I've got dozens and dozens of people in their 20s in the church. How about having a, a knockabout football league for those local kids? How about meeting up with the old people? How, you know, what... What we're we doing, then we think, oh, but we've got to get people the Bible because we're Bible-focused people. But yeah, so we we train up all our twenty-year-olds to be able to teach Romans and Luke. Um, but actually, if you look at what Stephen was doing, Stephen had to get on and roll up his mm. sleeves and uh, and look after the widows and get stuck mm. into the mm. the community. Yes. Uh, and he was a pretty good preacher. He so was a good I evangelist, would, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. What I would say is anyone who gets past Stephen's level at preaching, I will say, <laughs> set those people aside and let them just focus on the Bible and the prayer stuff. The rest of us should be mucking in. I, I haven't actually met anyone who can preach better than Stephen yet, so I'm still, yes. I'm still waiting. So I, I would like, when we talk about these things, people say, oh, that's social involvement, it's the mercy ministries, it's, you're losing your focus, you're losing your edge, Graham. I think actually what we're doing is reaching out to the community around us. We're being, we're being salt and light. We're being a gospel missional church where everyone's getting on with it. Mm. Uh, not just, oh, I'll bring my mates in. Hopefully the vicar can have a go at teaching them. Mm. Um, if someone wanted to be part of a London City Mission or you know help out in any way, what what would they do? I would say go on to the web lcm.org.uk we're about to advertise for a load of full-time missionaries so they can apply for that there's schemes for people who've just graduated from universities i want to see hundreds and hundreds of extra volunteers getting involved in stuff and pe- people can apply and we will uh, we'll make use of them we have uh, if someone wanted to come out and help with a kids club or come down to our homeless shelter there'd be opportunities to have a go at volunteering. And I, I'd recommend everyone to think about that. Have a go at volunteering first. Mm. And if it's right for you, then get stuck in. Mm. Someone who comes along and says, oh, well, I want to do this for the rest of my life, I'll ask them, what, what have you done so far? If you want to go to China, how many Chinese students have you been meeting with mm. already so far in your life? Mm. Um, 
once you've had a go then uh, and you've been tested then you're ready for the next stage mm. and is it for those just in london or is it uh, wider than that uh our all of our mission work is based in london at the minute now if people want to uh, want to apply from further afield that that's absolutely fine we we have a whole group from northern ireland uh, we have ministry directors from scotland we have uh, we have missionaries working for us from uganda and uh, kenya and pakistan so we mm. to be honest anyone anyone can have a go at applying for london city mission and uh, i j- all i'd say is it's not an easy it's not an easy job we get on with the hard stuff we go where where uh, others fear to tread mm. and uh, if you if people are up for it, it is the most amazing challenge in the world. Mm, mm. And a love and a heart for for London. I guess that would that would be a, a real prerequisite. Yeah, a love and well, a love and a heart for the for the lost. Yeah. If you if you've lived in a village and you feel like oh it's actually quite frightening being surrounded by uh, concrete skyscrapers, then that it would be all it would be difficult. But I've seen people cope with that in China. I've seen people come from over from I- Idaho or hmm. or I- uh, Iowa and have a go in Beijing. People can make the change, but if if you actually love that stuff, then that's that even better. Fantastic. Well, Graham, that's been that's been fascinating as as an overview of of London City Mission, and and hopefully people have got a, a better feeling for the work and perhaps can help out even if uh, to pray and, and think about uh, your work a bit further. We're going to chat to you a bit more in, in a further episode. We're going to talk to you about uh, online evangelism and uh, making making a witness on the internet. But uh, for now, thank you so much uh, for, for spending some time with us. Mm, thank you. And, uh, and we'll uh, catch you again in the next episode. Thank, thank you very much. Thanks, Graham. Special thanks there to Graham Miller, the CEO of London City Mission. Stay with us for next week because we're going to be talking to Graham about online witness. Should be great. I think um, he's got a lot of uh, very interesting things to say about evangelism on the internet. So looking forward to that. Great. If you have any comments about today's show or you'd like to share it, you can go to this episode's webpage, which is simply revivalmedia.org slash TEP31. Thanks for listening to the Evangelist podcast. Just before we finish, I want to tell you about our daily prayer bulletin. It's a small 24-page booklet that tells 31 stories of what God is doing around the world. Did you know that the church in Egypt is uniting in prayer despite the recent unrest? Or that the Wayu tribe in Colombia are enrolled in Bible training? You can hear more about it in our prayer bulletin. You can get it free of charge by going to revivalmedia.org bulletin. Again, the web address for this episode, where you can comment on this specific show along with the link to uh, rate and review us, is simply revivalmedia.org slash TEP31. Mm-hmm.